Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's great to be here. It's a nice Wednesday afternoon in California, anyway. And uh, wow, for the first time, it's not going to be 100, so I don't have to have that irritating air conditioner on the background. My name is Charlotte. I'm your host for the afternoon, and I've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, We are the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, www.californiahaunts.org, located out of Sacramento, California. We're 35 strong up and down the state of California, Hawaii. Oregon, Washington, and Nevada. But I want to welcome you guys here. Um, we've got a great topic. We're talking with a couple of great guys today. That, uh, we're talking with Philip and Ronald Kinsella today about uh, Philip's UFO encounters and how the brothers have worked together to kind of sort things out and figure out what's been going, you know, you know, what it all means and, and all that. But we'll get more details from them on that. You can visit the radio website at www.californiahauntsradio.com. And uh, without further ado, let's get the, let's bring our guests in. Find the button. There we go. Hello. Hello. How are you? We'll come a bit closer. <laughs> there you go. Hello. Look at you guys. You're twins. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we're identical. and uh, we, we look even more identical on screen, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to be on your show. Thank yes, you very thank much. Thank you. Well, I'm really excited to have you guys. Tell everybody about you guys, because I know you're, you're each into you know you're, you're each into your thing. So let's hear it. Yeah, well, I'm I'm Philip, and um, I I got interested in the UFO subject after uh, what is assumed as an alien abduction in 1989. And I say assume because we still don't know what we're dealing with in terms of of the the phenomena. Uh, but that propelled me into further investigations into the phenomena itself, and. And I think now, from since that time, um, I've evolved like we all do in terms of new hypotheses and theoretical models of what we may be dealing with and with regards to certain aspects of the ET phenomena, sorry, and with the UFO subject in general. And I'm also an author of a, a number of books on the subject and, um, and investigating like many of you good folks are as well. Yep. Uh, I um, had a, an encounter back in uh, 1982 with uh, very strange entities um, known as I refer to them as the doctors. So I've only had the one encounter with them, not the UFOs, but them. And uh, it's taken me many years to actually come to terms with it um, because I'm in my 50s now and document them, uh, which I've written a book based on them called The Digital Demon, which we look into what these possibly can be. Because as you said, the fascinating thing about the alien paradox is that we still don't know what they are. Mm. Um, we have no idea where they come from, what their agenda is. So I think it's lovely that you have so many researchers out there, good people, who uh, who put their own ideas across, you know, about what these things could possibly be. Well, when you guys talk about these encounters, you're not talking, I mean, I, I know in UFO um investigators and abductees that talk about how how nice and <laughs> how nice and polite these aliens are to them and stuff but when you guys are talking about your encounters you're not talking about the nice ones are you no the one the experience that happened back in 1989 and, and i will also state for the record here that we have been in close range of what they call ufos and the last sighting was on the 9th of april 2016 at 11 15 at night which was recorded and analyzed huh. now my experience back in 1989 was anything but love and light and it was rather raw i mean it will take a long time to explain but part of the experience happened on a non-physical level of interaction and yet at that same token when i was taken through the walls to my house the doors to my house and taking on board a, uh, what, I, what i assumed was a craft and a, an intrusive investigation had been performed um, and the only way I can explain it, um, although at that time it was very embarrassing, was that there had been what I could term as three reptilians on board that craft and uh, several greys, one of which had, had, had kind of like was just carrying out its orders and another one at the end of the experience. Now, 
I had physical marks left afterwards. And one of the, I then spent many years because one of the main areas of, of research I wanted to look into was that I always assumed that the abduction phenomena happened on a very physical level of interaction. Mm -hmm. And this didn't happen with me. And I wanted to find the truth of what this meant. And of course, that then led me into understanding that with the UFO phenomena, and we all know that it comes with levels of high strangeness, that the greys or a certain faction of them, and I have to be careful because we have to accommodate for many people because a lot of people have their own beliefs about it. Right. But this then led me into the question of what the greys may possibly represent and what they're after because their modus operandi is secret and they tend to wipe memory away. But strangely, my memory was totally clear from mm -hmm. the moment that it started to the moment it ended and I've had no regression, which is kind of odd, but some people do go through these experiences. So uh, that then led me into areas of human consciousness, the soul, you know, and, and what the greys are and the dangers of uh, cloning. Yeah, that's that's how, yeah. Yeah, I looking, I you see, the the lovely thing about when people write books is they get you to think, uh, as, you, as you know, and, um, oh. you know, you start looking at it from um, trying to uh, put the pieces together uh, okay. like a, from a logical point of view, although the whole thing's not logical. Mm -hmm. But for me, for me, what was interesting, uh, the doctors, they were basically masked men, but uh, some researchers now have confirmed, I mean, this was in 1982, so uh, some researchers believe that this may have been a screen memory because one researcher actually stated that, uh, and I haven't had regression on it as of yet, one, before we go into this, one, uh, people say, well, why don't you have it? Well, you can't exactly open up a directory and choose one and just go. <laughs> you know, you've got to be very careful. And secondly, it's the, it's the price of it as well can be very expensive. Mm. So, mm -hmm. and also, are they reputable? You know, it, this has to be done in a kind of uh, a forensic kind of manner. But what the doctors did to me when I saw them, they were British, they sounded British. Well, that was a dead giveaway for me later on because they spoke well affluent English, very mm -hmm. well, to, the Queen's English, the one in charge, and they were going to perform this operation on me. I was taken from my bed into this thing at night. I couldn't see what it was. But when they ejected me, when they'd done it and ejected me from this thing, their insurance policy, I believe, was very clever because they projected a hologram of the Cheshire Cat, the head of it, and it was quite nasty, their version. Oh. So, yes, yeah, so when it, I didn't know what that meant, he didn't talk or anything. He just was massive, his huge head grinning down at me, the most terrifying thing. I knew then it was some, some kind of clever hologram because back in 1982, we were still struggling with 3D. Uh, they perfected it now. But uh, then it, it was very, very uh, uh, primitive. But mm -hmm. the hologram, what that was, was like, so if I go and see a psychologist, and I worked this out 30 years later, if I go and see a psychologist and tell them about the doctors and cat, he'll say, well, no, basically you're getting confused with Alice in Wonderland. You've seen the film. This is residue and the doctors might be your fear of hospitals. So how they did you see what they did, how they screwed that up um, into a fantasy kind of um, a story so that I'll try and forget. But the point I've, I've always made is this, if they can if they can knock people out, which they have been able to do, if they can anesthetize you before an operation, why on earth don't they anesthetize you through the whole process to save all the bother? It's as if they want you to see them. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. they, they, they want you to see them, and we don't know why. This might be a clue. That's very interesting. interesting. Yeah, I think, it's in, I think they need you to be aware because they're obviously collating information through some kind of mind scan. And the question is, what are we dealing with? I mean, you know, people say that we're dealing with spacemen from another planet or mm -hmm. um, we're dealing with demons or we're dealing with people, us from the future, people from the future, uh, interdimensionals, ultra terrestrials. I can only report what happened to me. But I believe that we are dealing with an intelligence um, that may 
be ultra-terrestrial or interdimensional. The question is, um, by trying to put most of the parts of this complex puzzle together, is uh-huh. what are the Greys' intentions? What are they in? What are, what do they want from us? Well, what are they? Yeah, and one of the things that I found interesting is that you know the Greys come across as quite blank, like a blank canvas, very uh-huh. prosaic in nature. They have no personality, and is it possible, perhaps, that these beings have counseled themselves out through the process of replication um, as opposed to the natural birthing cycle and this is what's robbed them of those elements that make us individual because remember interestingly the greys are interested in reproduction with us and this is strange is it not for a species that cannot so we understand reproduce themselves so are they creating a new genus or is there a reason why they're doing this and this is what led me well and truly like you and many other brilliant researchers well and truly down that alice in wonderland's uh, alice in wonderland's rabbit hole mm-hmm. um, but we are working on new areas of theoretical content to try and work out you know looking outside the box because i think uh, you know i spoke to uh, some great guys yesterday and we were saying that you know the ufo phenomena has kind of like remained stagnant into the spacemen type um you know drama uh, and i think that we have to come out of our comfort zones now and it's really good to see that many researchers are now beginning to think outside the box so you know generally speaking that's where we are at the moment although we are creating some new models and i think it's got a lot to do with not just about the abduction or ufo phenomena but also about what we are as Mm -hmm. a species what we represent because we're no nearer understanding that either at the moment (laughs) well i when when you think about um i'm going to kind of do a stretch here if you remember the new version of the tv show v oh yes yes when they were when they were taking the humans and what they were doing was they were trying to get their emotions that's what they wanted because they were lacking the emotions so they were trying to uh, drain their brains you know their inner souls and stuff and maybe that's like you say with the greys being emotionalist like they are maybe that's what's going on is they're trying to get that back yes absolutely or become individual or they Mm -hmm. earn something that we have i did i did say looking into this uh ufo paradox Um, it became clear to us that uh, later down the road, we find that to begin with this uh, idea of them coming from other planets is now being slightly tainted with Mm -hmm. the interdimensional approach. Um, A point I'll make, I do believe myself, Philip and I uh, may have slight conflicting (laughs) issues about the greys, but I believe myself personally that that they are either created or manufactured in some manner. An example of this is when I wrote that book, uh, The Digital Demon, I actually came to the conclusion that let's take, for instance, the Roswell ship. The, the famous 1947 crashing. Now, mm-hmm. I myself, this was before Jack Valley published his brilliant book, and he is a, he is a scientist anyway, it's brilliant. But I came out with this idea that it was possibly a Trojan horse, this ship that was crashed, because it, it struck me as being absolutely incomprehensible that such technology could be overcome by either Mother Nature or be shot down by military. And I don't believe either of that. I think it was planted. It was made to look as though it had crashed accidentally. So Mm -hmm. I went then a step further. And if this is the case, this might be uh, for something to harness, to collect, uh, uh, albeit technology. Um, And there were, uh, as we hear, or or no, there are a number of other crashes throughout the world around that time of, of saucer smashes. And I kept thinking, well, they had to look different. Myself, I recorded this. They had to look different. The bodies perhaps had to look slightly different without raising suspicion. So, you know, and perhaps this was for us to gain technology in an era when it was just after the Second World War. So we're in, a, in an area of science where we could comprehend it to a degree, not the not the nano and all that stuff, but we had a grip on technology. 
a major grip on it. So could it be possible that these were deliberately downed? And if they were, if these pilots were manufactured, it's possible or cloned or whatever they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're smart enough, you're going to be able to build things, aren't you? We send probes to Mars. So they might have gone one step further and sent little men in their place to act as their pilots or their eyes and their ears. Perhaps the pilots were expendable. You know, they didn't know the mission. They were just sent out, dispatched to actually not knowing they were going to crash. You know, it's only a hypothesis. I'm not going to mm -hmm. step on any toes because it's only a hypothesis, only one uh, 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 possibility, food for thought, if you were, to, from what these greys are. I've always said that I don't believe they are the real McCoy. We're not seeing the true thing as well because they've changed through time. You know, mm -hmm. they're the fairies and goblins, the Nordics, and they're these, and the mantas. Are we seeing something that they want us to see? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they, they might even be shape changers for all we know. We don't know. That's right. We don't yeah. know what's going on with these guys. That's right. Yeah. Now, when you talk about what happened to you uh, medically, I mean, it sounds similar to what Betty and Barney Hill went through during their abduction. It really does, only it was more intense. Yes. I mean, the one in 1989 um, was very disturbing. And if we recall that um, the observation of UFOs seems to distort both space and time. And I think at that point, what happens is that on occasions, if there is an abduction, the force or intelligence then amalgamates itself on a very personal level of psychic integration. Remember, Betty and Barney both, uh, you know, reviewed their experiences through the dream state. They couldn't recall what happened to them. Um, and that's kind of quite interesting. Uh, and I've always stated, I doubt whether or not these greys would have come all the way from Zeta Reticuli just mm -hmm. to kidnap a wonderful and loving married couple and then go mm -hmm. back again. Um, so I believe that the, the experience that I went through was very harrowing. And, you know, although people can sit back and say, well, you know, they don't believe you, I'm not interested in right. that at all. I'm more interested in the, the the truth of what happened to me. And when you've had this happen to you, it changes a lot of the way that you view reality. And that reality that I was in was as real as this one here. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, and it still has had a lasting effect on me since 1989. And, you know, so, you know, I haven't been chasing a dream. I've been chasing this phenomena and it changes you. But yes, the experience with the uh, greys and also with the exploratory process was harrowing. Um, there's no way of truly identifying fear on that level. And I'm very frightened if I do go into regression, which I am really seriously about, of mm -hmm. actually facing that rawness head on again. Although I have the clear memories of what happened, the rawness, you know, the, the way that I reacted to it, what they were doing, and also the total lack of empathy from, you know, these three reptilian creatures. Now, what's interesting is that back in 1989, when people spoke about UFO experiences, um, most people were very much aware, largely to the Greys and Nordics. Mm -hmm. Very rarely were the reptilians mentioned. Right. And of course, my idea then of looking into the phenomena, I couldn't work out why it was that reptilians weren't normally mentioned within the mainstream media because I'd seen three of them. And mm -hmm. I'll even take it one step further and state that, if I may boast a little bit here, in one of my books um, that was published in 2009 by Kappelbaum Publishing Limited, they've, they're, they've, they've um, liquidated now, my book's out of print, but most of the researchers and new books that I've written, they asked me to retract the segment in there about the process and the, the you know the procedure and the reptilians because they didn't think that people would understand it they think i've gone too far with it and i'm like well you know either that or i don't get the book published mm -hmm. so it was interesting to see the media's uh, outlook on this um so you know yeah and and the last part of the experience that i had one of the greys that i saw it was quite shocking um i called him noddy um, that's the creation of uh, an old British author, Ina Blyton. He didn't look like Noddy, but if you've seen animated plastic moving, that's quite scary. 
and um, so that the, the, the abduction had left physical marks on me um, and uh, some issues that I had for some time. People always want proof. They say, where's your proof? Well, we've got to understand that this phenomena is so smart, it leaves hardly any proof other than scars or some kind of mental trauma or memory. And, and so, you know, whatever intelligence is, is behind this is intent in concealing itself. Um, and that's interesting. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's probably why we may have a problem or an issue for the establishments or those mm -hmm. that really truly know in clarifying to the general public, yes, UFO, UFOs are real or UAPs now, they've changed the, the is a, a new word, an acronym, just to make it more scientific. Um, but we, do, we can't explain to you where they're coming from or, or we can't control what they're doing. So although we have the love and light aspect in, in, uh, in uh, with regards to your question, I was on the other side of the coin. And, um, you know, so I can only speak from experience. Well, maybe that's why the media doesn't want to deal with your with your type of experience because they, you know, people don't want to deal. It would scare yeah. people too much, yes, you know. Where that's right. That's why that's why they want to push the, the the whole love and light thing. That yeah, they're just coming down, checking you out, and send, you know, sending you back. <laughs> I tend to I tend to find that when something snatches you in the dead of night and it's loose <laughs> and it's elusive and it's secretive. It's not very good, is it? It doesn't. It doesn't. To me, it doesn't sound very. It can't be a good thing, no. 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 So, so they're doing it, and this this also puts the, some of the pieces of the puzzle together. They they can knock people out uh, in the house, but the person they're concentrating on will see them. So, and of course, we hear we hear of these stories of when they arrive, the crickets go quiet, which I believe there's there's a uh, difference of atmosphere it changes and then they arrive so to me the love and light aspect doesn't wash certainly uh from the angle i'm not i'm taking i'm not i'm not denouncing it for other people because this is a personal experience and personal right. opinions you know so right. i would never ever tarnish anyone else's opinion because they're entitled to oh, it. Yes. you know we we just don't know what it is but to me it seems very damn odd that these things are snatching uh, uh people in the dead of night and and to me that is not good and and as I said, they try and screen memories to a degree, you know, so they want you to forget. Do you know, I actually wondered when those doctors took me and I, and I wondered if they actually put a chip in me somewhere because I think... Well, this I was just is, thinking about that. Yeah, this is the point of them taking people. I believe the major major point of this is is to tag us so we're tagged so they know where we are right. you know our government's alert that well they, they, they want to do that well they they have that with the mobile phones but when they get the menace <laughs> that's when problems are going to arise but basically this is what they're doing they were one step ahead these things and they're very smart they know us very well i mean the cheshire cat when they pull that out from my head and it must have been from my head so they understand our culture our history so they're they're evidently very patient and they're very ancient you know this mm -hmm. is the worrying thing about them uh, as to what their agenda is we don't know but that's the interesting thing it, it drives you to keep finding out what exactly they are and what what what's going on you know i think it's mm -hmm. it, it's interesting it's not nice i mean i i always maintain myself personally i have not seen the grays but mm -hmm they're clever enough to have done this with the doctor so could they have been them because the psychologist stated when i uh, when a friend of mine was mentioning about the encounter oh yes the grays it's quite common cartoons and doctors so i don't know until i'm regressed professionally and right. i don't know i don't know I, i'm not ready for it yet but when i will be you know we'll see what happened mm, and, I, yeah, and i think that you know also going back um to the question of what we are well, you know, I think that will open a can of worms because I myself personally believe that these experiences somehow open up uh, other areas of the psyche, a consciousness. And I, I know that we live in a system which programs us um, to believe what is real and what is not, conditioning consciousness. 
but a lot of people who have any type of paranormal experience, it doesn't just have to be a UFO experience or an alien encounter, it could be a poltergeist or it could be a ghost or seeing a dead relative. I am absolutely convinced that we as a species are unique and that we our consciousness transverses space-time beyond the physical exploration of the you know exploration of the body. And I think that you know my argument is that if we start to clone biologically clone humans mm -hmm. the question of the soul comes into debate and also the passage from this life into other dimensions of reality i won't use the word afterlife because people mm -hmm. get very upset when you're dealing with religion or religious ideology but looking at in a kind of like a you know a constructive way i've always known that and one of the things that's interested me about these greys the species of the greys is their intent to understand our individuality what makes us tick what right. love means what time means because i i really believe that they have removed themselves whether by design or wherever they may come from a, a time or a space that is very different from our time and space uh, and they found a species that can reproduce naturally with inherent memories and mm -hmm. genetic links so you know I, I think that you know when we're dealing with the UFO phenomena and especially the greys and the uh, you know the abduction hypothesis we we have to look much deeper into why the whys you know we keep going around in circles with uh, the spaceship um, examples and the aliens and but I think that you know the more that we delve into this uh, we may get some some answers to that but it is fascinating mm -hmm. uh, and you know I know there's a lot of division within the UFO, the UFO community and I'm open to all forms of speculation it doesn't mean to say that we are right we just need to look further afield to see what is going Going on but they're very clever they're very smart and they know how we tick because they know how to conceal memory mm -hmm. and uh, they're, they're smart guys I've got to, I've got to tell you that yeah there's an, another point of interest is where they come from if they are interdimensional which is a strong possibility I mean scientists are now open to the suggestion of our world being like sliding doors there are there are windows within mm. windows I, I do believe that mm. if they are are they actually based in a cosmos you see we're in the atomic world, uh, age the, the mm -hmm. everything of us is based on the molecular structures the it, it, it's the atom you know it, it, it would make sense that this is our uh, corner of the field mm -hmm. you know where we are actually based on the universe we're material of the universe because the atom it turns everything turns everything moves we are always in motion, motion. whereas where they come from it might be entirely stripped of our academic science they may be completely different it's only when they enter our world our realm that they become corporal yes that they take on the physical attributes of our our own uh, atomic uh, well, physiology. Physiology. I can think yeah, of right, right, right. you, you, you get what I mean, don't you? Right, so right, we, right. we have to think that they may not even have a cosmos where they come from, whoever's sending them or whatever they are. Their their dimension may be completely different, alien to us. You know. So it's interesting when you open up these thoughts. You know about where they come from, the different aspects. You know, people. We, we and you're quite right in stating we're quite right. You know, we always think that they come from another planet in our own universe. Well, most of the planets near us are dead you know a lot of the space around us is dead. Right. They keep saying they keep saying they found a planet that's earth-like but it's conveniently like many light years away we'll never reach it not not today or, or tomorrow anytime soon you know but they always conveniently say there's a there's a habitable planet but most of them around most of the planets around us are dead it's it, so this gives emphasis I know people say that they might be able to fold space and mm -hmm. they can traverse the speed of light you know and all that but we have to consider the aspects of them being multi-dimensional yes. yes something that had come to mind I, I had read about that abduction in the Mojave Desert of that couple and um, what happened afterwards and the fact that they can travel through walls and all this other stuff mm. and as a ghost hunter something i got to thinking about and i thought well what if we aren't hunting ghosts and we don't realize it what if it's these aliens because when you hear these evps some of them sound like they're they're from a different dimension i mean they're mechanical sometimes you know it, it, yeah. it sounds like i think the further away the dimension is or whatever it is the evp is not as clear 
So yes. I've, I've been seriously thinking that we're not hunting ghosts, we're hunting these aliens. Well, you know, it's interesting because through my understanding and study of the abduction phenomena, if we look at the abduction itself, I mean, most people believe that the Greys using some kind of beam up technology from Star Trek mm -hmm. to get them into their ship. Well, if that was the case, why would the Greys in more cases than not be in have to be in close proximity when they come through the walls in a, on occasions to, you know, take the person with them? Now, if we look at the abduction phenomena, it seems to mirror uh, the near-death experience, although one is very different from the other. And in the NDE, the person who is having the experience of being removed from their physical vehicle, they enter a world more real than the one they left behind. Telepathic mm -hmm. communication is achieved, light is seen, and also time, there, there is no sense of time. But what's interesting with an NDE, and it mirrors the abduction phenomena to some degree, right. one is positive, one is more times than not negative, is that when the NDE is brought back, if their body has been diseased, I think because the soul has been corrected within its vibrationary state away from and into this new dimension, when it returns back to the body, all the molecular structure of the body is corrected. Now, the abduction phenomena the greys abduct a person, they go through walls or doors, they communicate telepathically, there is a sense of timelessness, and also a very strong integration of uh, mental processing. So is it possible that certain faction of the greys are able to extract mm -hmm. the real essence of what you are and match it with their vibration frequency thereby interaction being able to take place. An example I'll give is your mobile phone. You've got the physical hardware and you've got the software that you can't see, the signal. And I believe that the, the brain, the physical neurological workings of the brain, is merely a transmitter and receiver to consciousness. And I think that these greys can come in to you and in essence within the total memory bank of your entire system and then go out again because when they come in they normally apprehend or freeze those around them mm -hmm. uh, they can suspend time and then they can do what they want to do and go out again and and i think that you know seriously um that we are looking at a phenomena that to some respects, does not have our best interests at heart. Right. Uh, and and I, I think that, you know, looking at outside the box, what's interesting is what you said about, you know, are we looking at ETs? Well, I believe that there are multiple levels of reality or dimensions of awareness. Um, we cross over when we die to one dimension. But don't forget also that the extraterrestrials, or most notably the greys, have been seen on the other side as well so this is quite interesting yeah so you think it's also curious that uh, while we're on the subject of the greys uh, mm -hmm. a friend of mine neil Geddes ward a, a wonderful friend of mine is a wonderful artist and he's uh, an author as well he he came up with the idea that you know when when they apprehend people they're not they're not suited or booted for germs and also also with the greys, I've, mm. I've noted the clothing, they hardly ever wear any clothing, so they're not affected by temperature, evidently not, or germs. Mm. So are they a reality? Are they robots or mm -hmm. are they immune to all kinds of diseases and temperatures? It makes you think, doesn't it? You know, so it's that pushes me more strongly to believe that the greys may be uh, artificial. I don't mean like robots. They could have been cloned or manufactured or produced by a superior race that we haven't seen. Perhaps we're seeing echoes of that race. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just something to consider. People get very angry. Now, Betty and Barney Hill, I do believe that, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It does seem that they did come from outer space. Uh, Marjorie Fish uh, confirmed the star system that Betty drew, that she remembered when the leader showed her on the hologram. So it, it would stand to reason that, is it possible that something is copying them or something has grasped uh, the earth or is infiltrated us rather like Stephen King's it you know this force that has <laughs> oh, extensions I was just thinking too you know they've been if, if they've been making these experiments on the human race all these years and stuff I had a question in the chat room about the chupacabra you know are they similar to chupacabra oh, yes. well my thoughts also go to that that if they've been making these experiments then who's not to say that like something like the Chubacaba or even Sasquatch, are experiments gone wrong? Yes. And they've yes. released them back onto the earth. 
Yes, and you know, this seems to be some kind of genetic, um, you know, filtering bank. Um, we have the, the really odd and bizarre um, experiences and the other really nasty side to this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I do understand the love and light aspect, I respect that, but the other nasty side to ufology is almost the childlike, toy-like quality, which is very unnerving that it brings in to the human psychology. So it's almost as if, you know, the phenomena itself um, uses a kind of like a construct of our mythology mm -hmm. and then and then builds upon that and you know also with regards to the 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 creatures that you were describing right um they were in um mexico weren't they it was in mexico yes. and, yeah and there were some cases where some people there were, there had been some fatalities because of being the people touching these beings that that is very strange and i know that there you know there's other uh, differences of opinions with regards to people saying that they they're just here to harvest us and or they're here to take what they they want from us i don't dispute that and mm -hmm. i think that this is the problem we're having because the intelligence behind it knows that the more complicated it is the more harder researchers are going to try and put the dots together and this is this is why we have so many differences of opinions and researchers arguing with other researchers and people having their own constructs of what they believe is going on, which is important to their belief system. But you see the phenomena is so very clever and very sharp. It knows what it's doing and mm -hmm. it does it so very smartly and kind of confounds us. But I think a lot of brilliant minds on this planet are beginning to become wary of this fact that um, that these different experiments that's going on, failed experiments, absolutely, I totally agree with you, because look at us as humans. Sure. They want to bring back the woolly mammoth. Yes, I just oh, saw that today. Yeah, and we're doing all these, you know, God knows what else they've been doing in these laboratories that the public aren't aware of, I think would quite shock us, and I believe that. There's also, uh, I mean, they, they I've heard talk of people, and I'm not going to dispute this either, I'm playing safe, sure. but there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's people that say these things could be from the future. Now, I'm not disputing that at all. They may be, but if it is to collect DNA for some kind of modern-day Noah's Ark or some salvation for a dying race, I would have to say no at this point. If there were sites, yes, yes, and I'll tell you why. They wouldn't be picking this time now to extract DNA for that. We have to look at this logically from our point of view. It's all we have. It's because that we are still respectfully put medically soiled. We have cancer. Mm -hmm. We have COVID. We, you get the picture. Right. So in order for them to extract DNA for some kind of medical salvation, I would rule that out. Sightseers, yes, absolutely. But certainly nothing <laughs> of the uh, medical kind. They would know if there were time travelers, they would pick a point in time where they're medically sound. Sure. So that, that would rule out the hypothesis of uh, a, medic a, a medical approach, I think. That would be logical to assume that. So it, you see what we're trying to do? We're trying to narrow it down Mm -hmm. you know from from our own perspective and people it makes me angry you know when people say you know well you don't think like an alien well no but they would have a logical approach to it as well because sure. this is the physicality of us this is our way this is our world you know the medical approach was correct you know they they would be smart enough to know that you know so i don't think they're from the future collecting dna so they either from another planet interdimensional underwater they could be in the earth you know i've heard stories of well even antarctica you mm. know it, it, we're still left mm. with so many mysteries i think it's wonderful you know and the researchers who are looking into this you have to admire them because you know anyone that comes out with something new it's it's intriguing uh, you know i mean jack valet uh, mentioned that the not the roswell one there was a, a crash before trinity, that, trinity. Right. he mentioned that it was possibly a gift. I don't think that was a gift. Not in the in, not in the natural sense. I think it's a Trojan horse, or they were Trojan horses. So, and and then you get people saying, "Well, they're here to enhance us." Well, I wonder actually. <laughs> I I wonder what's frightening. What, what's frightening? We Philip and I have been talking about this. What's frightening? If it's ancient and patient, which it evidently is, have they become, um, you know, like uh unfeeling uh completely unemotional 
and we're going to head towards that very same uh, prognosis. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't know. But, but it, none of us have any answers, you know, but it is good to speculate. You see, again, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching a brick wall. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But it's good. Well, at least we're honest, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's all speculation. But I mean, if if I mean, like in, the, in your in you guys' case, if you're going to be taken aboard a ship and they're going to start doing experiments on you and send you back with no explanation, you're going to be sitting here wondering what's going on. So you're going to start poking around and trying yeah. to figure stuff out. Yeah. And you know what's really weird with my experience in 1989 and my brothers back in 1982, there were seven years of uh, seven years apart and we are seven minutes apart from each other wow. i'm not saying that that is linked in any way it's just the irony of that right now going back to what you were saying is that when through my experience that i had in 1989 in the village of master mortain when it did occur the noddy character that i saw the gray that was in uniform with a pointed hat on his head and his arms folded scold looking at me scoldingly um, what's interesting is that he seemed familiar to me on some level, quite what that level was, I don't understand. But what's interesting was that another researcher who got involved with, with my case, um, because there was a build-up to this before where things happened physically before the non-physical part happened. And people say, you had a dream? And I said, no, it was not a dream because I had physical marks afterwards. And this is right. where the dynamics of the new theoretical model that I came up with regards to consciousness, the soul, and also the um, birthing cycle and the greys being cloned entities that are wanting to harvest some form of, um, you know, rebuilding or recreation of themselves through us. But Noddy did something that mirrored what my brother did uh, earlier that night uh, and in the early hours of the morning. So this phenomenon is, is very clever and it's I think it's very old. Um, and going back to your, your question as well about, you know, how they get here well right. we we have to look at different areas of speculation you know we know that remote viewing with the military has been ongoing for many many years decades mm -hmm. and it could be possible to conceive that these greys are actually themselves or could be remote viewing but also bioengineering some type of synthetic body in order to get to us as it were and i'm not just talking about the plastic stuff that we have here obviously those guys are more advanced than we are or you know utilizing themselves on a complete mental level of integration where they can create their reality through mind um, although we do that ourselves, we we have to create with our hands and the materials because we're in a physical universe. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting how the fusion between the non-physical and the physical can take place, rather like consciousness, which occurs naturally through us as human beings, through this biosphere, this physical biosphere. So I think that looking at it this way, we're beginning to find, and it gives us hope as well, in the sense that there is more to us than just a, a simple biological machine with a sell-by date, um, which is, uh, you know, always generates a few laughs, but we do have a sense of humor with this as well. You have to be, um, otherwise you'll end up in a psychiatric ward. <laughs> now, you know, from, re from reports and stuff, like you say, you talk about having maybe an implant put in. I oh, mean, yes. And, and the familiarity you had with them. So this probably has been going on since you guys were, were little kids. Yes, there is every reason to speculate that that is the case. And certainly um, going back into our childhood. And I used to have a recurring dream that was very strange, very real, but not as real as the abduction that I had. That was more right. real. But this vision was of me in this uh, circle of stones with a tower in the middle of it. And in the dream, the sequence of the dream, I had to find the correct way of getting around the circles of stones in order to the, the correct code to get into the tower. And speaking to some other UFO experts, um, one of them, Kathleen Marden, mm -hmm. uh, she believes that this may be some kind of screen memory. And that, um, and the last time that it surfaced, oh, it could have been about 10 years ago now, but I was falling asleep. I was just resting, you know, laying down. I wasn't in bed or anything. I was just resting and I couldn't open my eyes. And the, the sequence of the dream played out again. So I drew it on a piece of paper 
and showed it to my mom and she said well she remembers she used to take us to this place when we were kids so obviously it could be although we can't prove anything here well what is there to prove except the, the theoretical content that you're right, that, that there may be some patterns here, but we are not, you know, here to self-glorify ourselves mm -hmm. through being an abductee. Mm -hmm. We are just both of us looking like yourself for the truth and the answers to what's really going on here. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's interesting. I've had something as well. Um, I, I, I get the impression it's when we were six or seven. I can't be certain because it wasn't like the doctors but it's like you know when you you're falling asleep and the doctors was in reality that no. happened i was not i was not asleep but this uh it, this early um memory is when i'm almost asleep but not i, I gather a lot of people probably have this the old the you're you're, you're neither here nor there <laughs> you know but you're, you're halfway in between sleep but i had this very unsettling and it is it does stand out because it was quite stark and quite horrific is that i have seen the greys and philip and i with them it, it's not like solid you understand mm -hmm. but we covered there's covering my view of them is would you believe scrolls of parched paper so there's something blocking this and i don't understand what that is that's all i had i had it once and it was quite profound so in relation to the doctors i would i wouldn't be at all surprised if we've been in yes you're right if we've seen these things before we have seen the ufos um i've never seen the doctors again i don't know what they were but uh, this thing with these grays and the paper that's in front of me it's like you could just taste it and reach out and touch it and then that that is hiding a memory i knew that that was like something a key to something but it's gone as soon as wow. it, you could grasp it it's gone so it's like yeah. they they and they are actual masters of in a way of blocking things either i'm weak-minded or or they're very smart in actually manipulating mm -hmm. certainly been toying with me haven't they with the cheshire cat mm -hmm. sure playing games just playing games so when you talk about the doctors let's talk about that a little bit you know what went on when, when they were examining you can we do that yeah. Yeah, of course. I was taken. I was taken through the roof. You're saying about things going through the walls and doors. Mm -hmm. This was in 1982. I was ignorant of UFOs or uh, any kind of paranormal activity, really. And we'd seen some things, but you cast them aside. You don't think about it. Remember, this is school. You're brainwashed. Don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But I'm taken through the roof, and I, it, to, to put it in, in a, a nutshell, I found myself in this modern wheelchair. It looked very, very modern, and there were three strange men standing ahead of me before an operating table, what looked like an operating table. There was one behind me. I couldn't see him. I was partially paralyzed. I couldn't turn to see him. It's as if I was not allowed to see him. Now, at the time, I didn't know that or didn't register it. I just couldn't see him. But he spoke, so I was right. And he was the one who seemed to be in charge. And he told me that they were going to perform an operation. So when I was seeing these uh, strange men, what they were, they were they wore strange uniforms, like the Second World War gas masks or some kind of radiation outfit. It looked like that. I couldn't see anything of them. I couldn't even see their eyes. They had these lenses. I could see nothing of them. They were, even their hands were gloved. So the one behind me is talking about harping on about this operation, and he spoke very well. You know, the first words, I'll never forget the first words he said was, when I realized I was in this strange room, he said, we're going to perform an operation on you ronald so he even knew my name because i was shocked and i pleaded and begged with him but he produced his instrument and he placed it on the top of my left hand it was like a a, a pen with a nodule on the end and he just pressed it lightly and i went out that was it they were gonna they, they and the next thing i knew i was ejected from it so they definitely put me out to do this operation i don't know what it was so mm -hmm. how that, that's the point i'm making is that if they want you to see if they can knock you out prior to an operation or alleged operation why don't they just knock you mm -hmm. out prior to the abduction mm -hmm. save yes. all the horror but it's yeah. as if they want you to see them yep. and of course when i was dropped down that's when i saw the cheshire cats they, they put me back on my bed i went through the loft through it just dropped down very gently onto the bed this time i didn't feel it going up but when i came out of that thing my skin was electric it was like a wave a wash 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 mm -hmm. like an electric shard and they put me on my back 
and I felt the bump of the mattress. That was that was terrible. That, that, that was absolutely terrible. It wasn't you just waking up from a dream. This because you know this was happening, mm. and then they projected the Cheshire cat. Um, he was like a hologram. He was like water as electric blue, I think, um, and he wavered a bit, but he wasn't really moving. I think it was the motion of light. Now. Now that we're we're more wiser to uh, we're all wiser to holograms. Mm -hmm. you know, this was a hologram. So mm -hmm. and he, he and then he just went. So that was in a nutshell my encounter. What they did to me, I cannot say. I have no idea. Yes. Could, could the Cheshire Cat been something they were trying to comfort you with afterwards? I mean, because obviously that that you know being British that would have been part of your 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 reading when you were a child. Some yeah. I'm, you know. It's, it's the way he looked. Perhaps it was their version of a Cheshire cat. He looked okay. terrifying. But yeah, but, but that's the, that, that is a, a good point you've raised there. I mean, mm -hmm. perhaps that was there. They felt that that was adequate to calm a child, but it was horrific. Right. Yeah, and yeah, and I just wanted to mention in terms of the um, implant, um, I had problems with my right ear, which is obviously mm -hmm. to the left side on the camera. Uh, and I, I, in later years, uh, I remembered that it felt like something had moved back in it. And I believe that this was after my 1989 event where I had profusive nosebleeds and there were th three triangular marks behind the right ear, three marks on my right arm and the nosebleeds and my ear. And just recently, this is on record with the doctors, I'd been, I'd gone three times to the doctors about problems with my ear. And they kind of looked in, they said, oh, it looks so odd, but we'll just leave it. It's strange. And people say, really? I say, yes. The last time I went, I think this will make you laugh. It did make me laugh. It was a little bit horrific. I got in there and they got their tool out. They had a look and the doctor had another look. And then she said, just hold on a minute. So she went to go and get another doctor and she came down and she had a look and she said, mm, it looks like it's still healing. It looks like it has a crystalline structure. And that was it. She put the device down and went off. And the oh. other doctor, yeah, yeah. Now, if there's a problem or an issue, surely you would go to an ear specialist at the hospital. No. So the doctor that's down here said, have you been abducted by aliens? And I went back to my car far worse than I, when I walked into the uh, I'm the sure you did. <laughs> and, but, you know, they, someone did save my skin because they say, I can't believe that. And I say, let me tell you, if you had a memory thing and you'd go out, you'd be saying, oh, he's right. That's what she said. But there does come levels of high strangeness with this. And um, so, you know, I assume that that is from 1989. I could be very mm -hmm. wrong. It could have been earlier or much later. But it kind of like I tried to put the bits together uh, because that was the the only abduction that I recall fully. There was a time, a period where I blacked out when I was taking up to this uh, motionless craft. And, uh, and then, of course, the intrusive uh, investigations happened afterwards. And then it's like they wanted to get rid of me. And that's where I came down and saw Noddy. And my question to him through the violation of this was, how the hell am I able to get through locked and bolted doors? I thought that if he could tell me, I could tell people that this was reality. Because I think when you're in that uh, kind of immobilized state where you can't move, I couldn't, I wanted to punch him. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't, I couldn't move. I was suspended, so they had a hold of me. And that's interesting because like a, a fly caught in a spider's web, this force paralyzes you, literally. Uh, and that is also very frightening. So, you know, I understand people laughing and joking. I've been through the media circus with television or you've been you've had a prod in the right direction or this type of thing. I get that. But I will explain that when you are in that situation, it's very different um, and for me it was terrifying um, the dimension of fear is too hard to try to explain um, but you know i've i've got past that point to a degree now um, because you know with my brother and myself and linked with some incredible minds we are working towards other cases and and mm -hmm. uh, you know because my our experiences are by by no means unique <laughs> as someone asked us you know it, do you think you were taken because you're twins and we had to think about that's nice no i don't no. think so if they are is, is, I don't think so at all. I don't think it's anything to do with us being twins, no. because if they're masters of cloning, why on earth would they need to 
uh, take twins. Right, to take twins. You know, yeah, yeah. Why, why would they? I think because this happens to so many people. We're not unique in that department. It's not because we're twins. No. I think they just snatch people. And as we said, to tag them first, uh, you know, so it, it must be. It must mm. be like a homing. They're like uh, sniffer dogs, you know. It gives them the opportunity to, to track you when they want to, like a lab rat. So sure. I, I don't think we are like lab rats in their eyes. We're not. Uh, the one thing I did get from the doctors um, is that they, they were courteous. They were they were kind, although they were forceful. And I, I knew I couldn't argue with them, but he, he did state and he he kept promising i will not harm we will not harm you but i believed him i trust him but it was just being arrested in such a manner you're horrified and they they were going to do what they were going to do so i don't think we are lab rats i'm sorry i have to um correct correct myself on that i think we're much more important to them than lab rats but certainly of interest aren't we to them sure. um yeah and i think you know the other thing that really you know grinds my gears sometimes <clears throat> excuse me is when people say well they come to assist us and they come to help us with what <laughs> with all of the problems and diseases and situations that we have at the moment where are they right um you know and you know the the, the really bizarre aspect to all this is that our last sighting we haven't seen them since the 9th of april 2016 at precisely 11 15 at night mm -hmm. um they appeared to my brother and I. It's a, it's a long story. I won't go into it. It is. It, I have written about it in several of our books. But the the three lights that presented themselves that were on their way to us. My niece had pulled over her car. We'd been at a meal, and she'd gone off, and we'd gone off, and you know, and um, a birthday meal for me and my brother, an early one. And when the lights appeared them to us in a in a triangular formation, they were three separate objects because the triangular formation, when it sat there really low, there was no one around. It sounded like it just snowed. The sound was odd. There was no one walking their dog, no one coming back from the pub, no cars. It's as if they kind of like, you know, intercepted time itself. And um and but one of the objects did a strange maneuver it moved the back one to the to my back left moved towards the central point to the front and then went back again and they centralized themselves and moved off so you know it and you you're left wondering why I, what, what what is what when we you saw know? <laughs> them, when we saw those that was the last we've seen nothing more since nothing it stopped mm -hmm. Uh, 2016 wasn't it yes but when they were above us everything halted as yeah. if they could freeze time or we didn't think of it at, the, at that at that time right but <laughs> afterwards because the, you know the road's busy and there's always people all manner of noises no and when we spoke i noticed uh, a distinct muffled uh, uh muffleness to it so were we shielded in something were they preventing anyone from uh, approaching in, yeah. i actually did i actually sent some thoughts up to them saying we can see you uh we know you're here they were spectacular they're amazing they were about 90 feet up mm, the three huge. of them they were huge yeah. but i got nothing back absolutely nothing there's no yeah. communication i tried just, got nothing nothing and then they moved i mean don't get me wrong i was a little bit anxious with them right. there. you know you would be you know they're odd they're not and they're not they're not uh, drones they're okay. not atmospheric distortion these were amazing when they formed into a line and it's the way they moved i will never forget the way they moved people can tell you all sorts but they were not privy to them the way they moved was like it was like they they were just moving in a line afterwards and then shut off there was no sonic boom there was nothing yeah. and uh, do you know what the, the 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 only thing i can describe the manner of that is like it was smooth as glass mm. so this technology and people then say oh it's military it's not military no. we can rule that one out first of all i believe that these triangular ships that are seen the military well of course they never mentioned anything but people mm -hmm. are putting that into our heads to 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 denounce the ufo subject or to deflect it perhaps it was planted but they're not military for god's sake they're not military at all uh, there's no sonic boom 
and these things, and why on earth would military fly their super secret aircraft right over civilian airspace? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't do it. Then you get the people saying, oh, they would for an experiment. They no. wouldn't. Of course they wouldn't. And, you know, the other interesting thing is that they have been tracked by other uh, groups, uh, another UFO group had tracked them. They reckon there were two sets of lights, one at 10.15, hours at 11.15. And I'm sure that the military had tracked those objects. And I was convinced they would make the news, the newspapers. I wasn't bothered to inform the newspapers because every time you do that, they just laugh and joke and, you know, so I'm not bothered with that anymore. Well, we did it before, didn't we? We did, they yes. They weren't interested. Well, so they've just written it. it and then when they write the accounts up, they like, kind of like take the mickey out of you. Oh, they write books. So when you see a UFO, ladies and gentlemen, or you have an experience, you are to be a blank canvas like a grey. You are to have no personality, no interest whatsoever. You are to be, mm -hmm. you know, a tin hat wearing idiot, which we know that all of us are not. They'll be coming for you tonight to say <laughs> that. You know, they're going to punish you. But we reckon It'd those... It'd be nice. I got one of those in my closet. <laughs> we'll wear them now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys... um I've been through a lot, and uh, you know, it's a lot, like I feel like I said earlier in the show, I think a lot of it is because they don't want, like, with that thing that was released by uh, the U.S. Congress. You know, they're they're reports. oh yes, yes. There's, they know a lot more of what's going on, and they just don't want to cause a panic. That's right. That's they all it boils down to. to. They don't know how to tell the people. And I think, to be honest with you, because the phenomena is so multi-complex and the system hasn't helped because it's programmed its citizens, and now it's got a problem because, you know, the big question, it's not a question anymore. It's actually there as fact. Well, yes, as well, when you consider cattle mutilation on top of all this. Oh, yes. Another I can understand. Cattle. I understand to a degree. Perhaps it's something that's not pleasant it could be and so they're being kind in just maintaining silence yes yeah i agree but i think you know the system that we serve because there is a hierarchy and it's no conspiracy because as i mm -hmm. said before the system we serve needs a conspiracy to conceal its own conspiracy, mix it all up and then make it confusing and the, you're just blinding the people. Mm -hmm. So I think we have, uh, it's good that we have people coming together within all areas of UFO research, bringing their information and knowledge, not only just with UFO research, with, with paranormal, because we know mm -hmm. also this encompasses a large portion of the paranormal yes. that we, we assumed was separate in nature, but now are beginning to understand that we can draw close parallels to one subject matter to another. Mm -hmm. And I think that by all researchers coming to the table and, you know, working honestly and with integrity and with truth and all this, you can't go wrong with that. Trust me on that one. So, you know, I, I think it's really incredible that we are stretching out uh, to encompass these different areas. And even though most of them lie within theoretical debate, at least we have some working models or a hypothesis to work with. So that, that's where we stand at the moment. There we go. How do people find you guys? Um, we have a website, www.thekinsellatwins.com. And um, we also have our books on Amazon. I mean, our other books from the other publishers are out of print now, but we have several titles. Uh, mine most recently is the uh, You, the Public Deceive the Grand UFO Deception, if I may boast a little, because, sure. you know, research is scraping the barrel, but it's great to scrape the barrel. And also A Passage to Eternity, The Enigma of the Dead UFOs and Aliens, and also another one called Guardians of the Dead. So, yeah. And Ronnie is... Uh, uh, mine's... A little bit smaller than Philip, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> he does a lot of children's books as well. I, so I, um, I've got a book out by the wonderful ufologist Philip Mantle, who's our mentor, yes. UK's, uh, yeah, um, called The Digital Demon. It is autobiographical and it looks into what we've been talking about, you know, the UFO paradox. And I don't hopefully step on any toes with it, even to the point of questioning whether they could be demonic. You know, mm. we, we go into all this. Um, it, of course, I haven't formed a conclusion. No one can. But mm -hmm. it's wonderful just to read up about mine and Philip's childhood, um, you know, what we were like as characters. I thought that was important uh, to get uh, to understand us as people before, prior to the abduction of these strange men. Mm. Absolutely. Guys, this hour has gone by so fast, and I have Thank learned you. so much. It's been so fascinating. 
and I, you. you know, if, if you're willing, I would love to get you on again on another another day to talk with you some more because there's just so much more to talk about. Thank you very much. We'll be honored. We, we would be honored. And thank, thank you very much for having us on your amazing show and having a great chat. It's been so great. I feel so relaxed. It's fantastic. Thank you. Yes. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. You have a good rest of your evening. Thank you very thank much. You. You God too. bless. Okay, Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bless you. All right. That was a great show. And wow. Wow, wow, wow. Anyway, um, hopefully they'll come back on because there's so much more I would like to ask them and discuss with them. Anyway, uh, Monday, we've uh, got another great guest on. We're going to be talking about secret societies with Mark Mirabello. And uh, he'll be on regular time at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. And if you guys like the show, share it with five people. If you guys didn't like the show, share it with five of your enemies. It's all good, you know? We're all one big happy family here. Um, you can see the little flashy thing at the bottom and uh, ticker, actually, flashy thing. And uh, that's because we are nonprofit, and so we're trying to keep this this thing on the air. It's all out of pocket for me. And uh, you know, if, if you want to donate a little bit to help me keep this thing on the air, that would be great at PayPal.me at California Haunts. That would be wonderful. The other issue we've got is we do have a great YouTube channel, but there's no URL that goes directly to it. We need to have at least 100 to 120 subscribers so I can get a consistent url that people can type in and find us because no, nobody can find us i've tried i've tried I've, I've tried to do it through you know googling california haunts radio on youtube and uh, names of the videos it's just not happening so the easiest way to do that is to go out over to our website at www.californiahauntsradio.com and click on a video from there and get into the youtube site and then you can click click on subscribe because the more subscribers we have the the better chance we're going to be able to get a dedicated URL. Anyway, I want to thank all of you guys for coming today. I see Donald was here. Karen was here. Uh, Rebecca was here in the chat room and whoever else was listening out in Cyberland. So I'm really glad that you guys were here. Real excited that you were here. And I want to thank you. And hopefully you'll come and join me on Monday for the next show about secret societies. Anyway, I will see you guys Monday.